He says he doesn't think he could have done this date with anybody else. And they make out. I think he could have done that date with a lot of other people. (laughs) Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Good. I'm feeling... uh, a lot of fun happening over there. <laughs> I am having fun today with yeah. my outfit. And we have to add fun to the situation because I think we can all agree last night's episode of The Bachelor was not so fun. Not a lot of fun. Not a lot of fun. Not a I, word I would use to describe. No, no. In fact, not to turn anyone off further from watching this season, but after last night's episode wrapped, you declared that it might have been the worst episode of this entire franchise you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Last night may have been <laughs> the worst episode of The Bachelor. We were not fans. Uh, I don't want to be those recappers. I do not want to be negative Nancys. I no, don't. I want it to be good. Yes. I, I pray for it to be good. Yes. I really cheer it on. I say, you can do it, guys. Mm-hmm. You can make this good. Yeah. But here we are. Shall we get recapping? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. So episode three kicks off with a lot of residual tension from episode two. We left off with Clayton asking Jesse Palmer if he could ever retract a rose. And (laughs) he had to go immediately race back to his file cabinet and check the bylaws (laughs) of The Bachelor. Uh, So the ladies are asking what's going on. And Sierra reveals Cassidy's friends with benefits situation. And additional info we didn't know last week, which is that apparently the friends with Benefit doesn't want her, doesn't want a relationship with Cassidy, and she's on the show to make him jealous. This is new information. Yeah, fair. I mean... I'm okay with that. I feel like this probably is the case for like 25% of contestants on this show. <laughs> the number one reason to go on The Bachelor, to make my ex jealous. <laughs> We have a winner. You won the feud. I mean, I think it probably happens a lot, honestly. I agree. I mean, I went on the show when I was newly single. Like, I just think it's a little ridiculous how everyone seems to expect everyone to be completely free of any ties. I just think a lot of people have friends with benefits. I think this is a little blown out of proportion, if I'm honest. I agree with you. I think it's absurd. As a matter of fact, we're all adults, and, and particularly the people on this show are all in the very you know, sexually active age bracket yes. of adulthood. Mm-hmm. And and why is it a problem that before they went on a reality dating show, they were sleeping with somebody here and there? <laughs> yeah. What the hell is the big deal? I, I mean, and it's shame on them for not doing that. <laughs> you know, the only shame that should be cast here is on Cassidy for telling anyone because this situation here really frowns upon you being... Upon you talking to anyone, really, or having any kind of sexual past, it would seem. Very dumb. She should have kept her lips shut on that one. I don't understand Cassidy's thought process there. I think she was drunk and she was just, uh, as I loose lips sink ships. Loose lips sink ships. That's what this episode might end up being called, Andy. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yay. You named episode three. (laughs) Finally made it. So yeah, I wrote, it seems insane that a contestant would tell someone this. That's the only thing that I'm caught up on here. It's not the fact that Cassidy was sleeping with someone else. No, that shouldn't be a big deal. No, no. If she was seriously dating someone and they had a great relationship and she's like, I'm going to go on this show. It'll be funny. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. We're good. That's totally different. Yes. 
If you have a friends with benefits, that's the definition of not committed. <laughs> you know, the way the show treats contestants who have any kind of person on the side really lines up with them trying to paint their cast as this sort of like virginal. Un- Virginal, but also undateable. It's like they're all kind of desperate. Like they all just can't find someone, which is absurd because the people they cast on the show are generally conventionally attractive. And I remember that being some kind of a thorn in my side when... Uh, like when I went on the show, which is sort of the aftermath, it's like, oh, like, why are you on this show? Like, you seem like you should be able to get a date. I'm like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, 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 you're, or, you're, or when I, fa- you know, when I announced that we were dating, people were like, oh, I'm so glad you found someone. Yeah, I, <laughs> you leper. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. And it's even more absurd because you have 27, uh, whatever, it's a high 20s women who are all very attractive mm-hmm. and eligible yeah. and young. And it's like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like they need the dating show. Otherwise, they're they're wrecked. They yeah. have no chance. Yeah, that's it. This is it or nothing. Yeah. Really, yeah. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. This needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> It stops now. <laughs> I don't have any beef with Cass- the, the crime that Cassidy has been oh. accused of. It's the fact that she told people and the fact that she's generally kind of a bitch uh, to other girls. The question is, 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 is she playing it up? It's always, it's yeah. always a meta question. Mm-hmm. Are they actually a bitch or are they really just trying to be a bitch? Yes. Because, okay, so to counterbalance Clayton talking to Jesse about the possibility of retracting a rose, <laughs> we get, of course, lots of footage. And of course, this is an edit, but it's, it still existed of Cassidy being super arrogant and sort of waving her rose around and mm-hmm. being like, oh, don't come after me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes me. Look at my rose. <laughs> yeah. So she basically acts like she's invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Clayton finally confronts Cassidy here. At first, she sits down and says, I already know what you're going to say. And then she's completely caught off guard by what he does end up saying, which makes me wonder what, what she thought he was going to say. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, I will. We will never know. Isn't that tragic? What the <laughs> hell was it? Yeah, there was something else. There was something else she told somebody else that that person didn't tell Clayton. And that's the thing she was worried about. I feel like the obvious guess would be that she's just not that nice to other girls in the house and she's kind of in it to win it, that kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. But uh, Because she felt like she would follow in, you know... um, Shanae. Shanae. Thank you. Yes. It's been, we got a week off. It was amazing how quickly I forgot everyone's names in that one week. Oh yeah. When we started watching, I was like, who's that? Yeah. There was a few people on there I'd never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she was, she probably felt like it was just along those, those same lines. Yeah. Like Shanae. But yeah. I mean, no one beats Shanae in the villain department, yeah. but you know what? It does also go to show how inconsequential she thought what she told Sierra was. Yeah, or maybe she forgot. Maybe she was a little tipsy. Yeah, you keep bringing it back to her being drunk when she told her that. It's totally possible. It's a possible. drunk thing to say. It is a drunk thing to say. Okay, so she's really caught off guard, and she vehemently denies these friends with benefits allegations and says she hasn't had any relationship of any kind since summer 2019. And now Clayton rewords the question. It's sort of like, well, I hear there was a guy, you were FaceTiming. And then she says, Clayton, 
I have not spoken to a guy who I have any interest in a relationship with in a very mm. long time. I did not have sexual <laughs> relations with that woman. She incredulously asks, do you not believe me? Okay, so that's this part one of this conversation. So he tells her what he has heard, and suddenly her story changes very quickly. She reveals there is a guy, actually, who hasn't wanted a relationship, who has been supportive of her doing the show, and who has said, if it doesn't work out, I still want to be friends, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so I, she lied. I, uh, I feel like she should have uh, either admitted it right off the bat, or denied, denied, denied. You don't. You don't do both. No, it's true. Yeah, you, you got to do either. Yeah, and yeah. you got to. And, and whichever side you pick, you go hard. Yeah, either or. Yeah, you lie hard. Yeah, you don't lie and then confess in the same conversation. Yeah, because you just prove that you're lying. Yeah, you prove you're a bigger liar. Yes, and actually, her lying was relatively convincing, which is always a little disturbing honestly when yeah. someone proves to be that good a liar and they're like actually oh well the thing is it's it's all about time if you make a big lie and you you know get away with it yeah and some time passes and then people find out that you lied yeah it's actually less bad than if you lie and then 10 seconds later you're like oh okay i was lying this is the actual <laughs> truth <laughs> yeah, she didn't cover her tracks really well here. Uh, Clayton walks off. We don't really see the conclusion of this conversation. He walks off and now we see Cassidy run off to cry in a bathroom and she starts talking to who I imagine is her producer. And now the women watch on and here we get our first word watch while they discuss what's going on. Mara says, Cassidy has a rose and wherever she is, drama seems to follow. And Andy, you and I in general during this whole thing were amazed at how little we cared. Nothing. There was nothing, nothing. to care about no here. Stakes. No stakes. I actually wrote there are no stakes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Great minds. Yeah. Okay, so Clayton finds Cassidy in the bathroom now. She says that meeting him changed everything and she's falling in something with him. And he says he's struggling with their trust already having been shaken, understandably here. And look, again, we have to reiterate that it's not about her having her friends with benefits. It's that she didn't, is that she first talked about it and then lied about it before confessing it. Mm -hmm. It There's a lot of missteps here. It was a lie sandwich. The lie was the meat. You never (laughs) want the lie to be the meat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The lie is the meat? Yeah, because she told the truth to Sierra. Yeah. Then she lied. Then she retracted and told the truth again. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So the bread was the truth. The bread was the truth and the, the meat was the lie. So you think it's actually better to lie and put a truth sandwich and then put another I piece would of almost bread. say if, you, if you're going to go down this path, you want to have a very thick lie bread with yeah. a thin truth meat. Yeah. A thin smear of truth inside. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That you don't even notice. You're like, wait, what was that? Like, oh, no, no, no. Don't pay attention to that meat. It's rancid. <laughs> Okay, so the ladies, meanwhile, talk about how mean Cassidy is. And Mm -hmm. I think we always have to put some stock in this kind of thing, because when every single woman there agrees that someone is mean, chances are they're kind of mean. Yes. When there's when there's 27 smoke, there's usually fire. Yes. At least one fire. Yeah. Uh, the only person who's in Cassidy's defense here is, of course, Shanae, loyal to the very <laughs> end <laughs> to, to her sensei. She's Pence. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter reveals that the day before, Cassidy had asked her what her exit interview would be like. Eh, that's a good one. 
<laughs> if you're going, if you're going to go down that path, it's a decent one-liner. Don't reward mean behavior, Andy. No, you're right. I it's like terrible. Hunter. I was pretty horrified. I like by Hunter this. too. It's terrible. I don't condone it. But it, it's it, if you're going to be a dick, it's, it's a decent line. Okay, so Clayton now begins to send her home, and she starts melting down, and says that no one likes him as much as she does. No one glows as much as she does after having spent time with and him. And no one wants that sweet, <laughs> sweet Instagram cash more than she does. And she says she's, quote, one of the girls who actually likes him. I thought this was an interesting angle. It's not good. She's not doing good Well, there. she's like negging on her way out. She's she's doing everything wrong. Yeah. Is everything. negging really the way to save yourself? Yeah. She's making him feel You're bad. You're sending home one of the only people who actually likes you. Yeah. <laughs> as the ladies are forced to continue speculating, Kate says, holy shirts and pants y'all. Andy, you did not like this. Even yeah. though further digging in, I realized that it's a quote from the wedding crashers, but you still were bothered by it. I still, I still maintain I could have done without that. <laughs> in her limo exit, Cassidy cries about how this always happens, how things go so well and are suddenly over out of nowhere. She's acting like it all just sort of happened to no. her. She didn't do anything. <laughs> it was put upon her. And in his voiceover, Clayton's issue seems to be more with how she lied at first. Of course. Yep. He's right. Mm -hmm. I wonder if she had been honest and upfront if he would have kept her, but he I don't think He would have given her so. a pass if she was a little more diplomatic about how she explained it. I he's think her final explanation may have give, gotten her through by the skin of her teeth. <sighs> I wonder, the thing is, I have never felt that Clayton's been into her. I feel like, he, as we discussed in episode two, he's just receiving mm -hmm. and she has come on so strong. I personally think Clayton was looking for an out with Cassidy. Yeah, she I She sort of, of forced her place, her way into front runner status by getting that rose. And I think he was kind of like, uh, all along, personally. I mean, let's be honest. He could have, production could have come to him and be like, hey, you know, this, this happened. And he could have been like, meh. Uh, I like her. Just just let it die. Yeah, I can actually see production wanting to keep her around. Yeah. She's doing everything right in terms of being a villain. Did Clayton strike you as someone who like wanted a virginal, pure woman? I mean, he kind of does, actually. Sort of. Well, his not. front runner is Teddy. I would have thought oh, no, right. actually. Yeah. I would have thought no, but... But he, I don't think he knows yet that Teddy's a virgin. When she gets a one-on-one, -on -one, which she will get, and soon, I think she'll reveal at in the evening. Okay, this mm -hmm. is my prediction, guys. Okay, Teddy will get a one-on-one -on -one either next week or the week after. Thank and you. then in the evening portion, she'll reveal that she's a virgin and she was raised this way and she's thought about it and she's more open now, but blah, blah, blah. Okay. I think that, that Clayton really, one of the things, and he's made it very clear, um, is that he he really values family? Yeah. And I, I, I'm not, I'm really? Not, yes. My name is Holmes, Sherlock Holmes. But um, he also, I believe, would like to bring a girl home to his family that he can represent well. Uh. And I think that he's very sensitive to that. And I believe that the friends with benefits thing tarnished her, and her general behavior made her unacceptable for him to bring home to her family. And that's why he probably allowed this to be brought to the forefront and then sent her home. That's my guess. Hmm. It's a purity thing. It's a, it's a, it's a presentable, a presentableness thing. <laughs> Presentability? <laughs> Presentability. Is it, what is the word? See, I thought Clayton, there hasn't been a ton of emphasis on that side of his personality. So I was guess I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that he might not write off people that seem to have colorful sexual pasts. But maybe mm. that's just me being naive. Like I still haven't learned my lesson. I mean, you can take a Clayton <laughs> out of the Clayton, but you still Clayton in the Clayton. <laughs> hey. 
Oh, wait. Okay, I got it. You, you can know take what's... a Clayton out of the Clayton, but the, you can't take the Clayton out of the Clayton. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> you know what's hilarious about all the nonsense you just said is I know exactly what you mean. It was for you. Oh, and the Shandies. I'm sure you guys found it funny, I'm too. I'm seen. And seen. Oh, you feel seen? No, and seen, too. <laughs> they both work. <laughs> okay, so now it's our rose ceremony, and I don't think anyone needs me to list off all the names of people who got roses, but among the names listed here, we get mm-hmm. our second and third word watch from Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She says, I do feel like... The drama with Shanae took up enough time already. And regarding the drama, I think it's disrespectful to Clayton. Shanae gets the final rose, surprising nobody. God, like, will they get a new playbook already? Well, the thing is about the season, aside from the fact that it sucks, is that it's also <laughs> extremely predictable. <laughs> I think the predictability is what's contributing to its suckage. It's the sucking first, then predictable second. It actually sucks before the predictability. That's how much it sucks. Here's the thing. Okay, so I'm not that I want to get caught up on this, but I actually think if it were just 10% less predictable, that in and of itself would make it better because we'd be like, oh, Sinead's name got called second. That's new. Like yeah. We have such a low bar for entertainment that just seeing Sinead's name not being called last at the rose ceremony, like every villain ever, that would be interesting. How sad is that? Again, I always have to give some of my empathy well it's more like sympathy to production (laughs) okay because i think that they were given an absolute rotten egg with the raws on this and i think for them to create a a season was agonizing you know i it's funny you say that because i've been thinking over the last because we had this week off (laughs) apparently these are things i think about when i have a week off (laughs) pressing matters (laughs) but i was thinking i wonder In those secret boardroom meetings where they decide who the next lead is, I guarantee you that at least half of the producers who are actually in the trenches working on a season, coming up with a concept, and the ones talking to the lead, I bet you at least half of them did not want Clayton for a lead. I agree. Because they're the ones that have to come up with something. I think probably Mike Fleiss was like, I want the white guy. I agree. Do you like my Mike Fleiss impression? That was was amazing. (laughs) I I thought I was actually, he was in the room for a second. I think that they took a risk with Juan Pablo in a different way. And that worked. Even though people hated him, there's nothing better than people hating someone with a passion. Mm. Tuning in to hate someone is a lot more successful than tuning out to not deal with someone you hate. Yes. Or to tune out because you're bored. Yeah, but you hate them because of all, yeah, whatever, (laughs) bored, hate, all all the same bucket. But no, I think apathy is worse than hate. Yes. 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 You're right. And in in doing what they thought was the safest play, Mm -hmm. they actually took the biggest risk. It's true irony. Ah, wow. Yeah. Whereas they took a risk with Juan Pablo and they were rewarded. Because, yeah, people hated him, but it got great ratings. Is Juan Pablo the only example that we can think of for this? They don't take many risks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one I can think of. It's true. I haven't even watched like 90% of the seasons, and I know that the biggest risk they ever took was Juan Pablo. <laughs> Actually, that might be somewhat true. Yeah. Okay, so going home at this rose ceremony are NC, Kate, and Tessa. I wasn't thrilled about this, if I'm honest. Mm. I wanted to see more of Kate because she reminds me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know. I wanted to see more of Ensi because she's so well dressed. Mm-hmm. And Tessa just seems sweet. Mm. 
Anyway, a few of the women openly cry here. Mm-hmm. And now we get word watch number four. Shanae complains about Elizabeth still being there. And she says, what am I supposed to do? Let someone win? Or have drama? Just neither? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's the next day now, and immediately we get word watch number five and six. And this is when I, yeah, this is when I looked at you and I was like, drama? Really, Andy? Mm, Yeah. Was that necessary? Yeah, my apologies. (laughs) Jill says, I feel like a lot of the drama has gotten in the way of the reason why we're here you know i feel like a lot of people haven't gotten time because of all of the drama that's gone on what was interesting about this word watch the, the word drama was i realized how often it's frankenbitten in to people's voiceovers oh yeah it's really? like oh, just the word uh well the word and just you know they formulate a sentence there's an example later of like a really good example of frankenbiting where they clearly wanted to use the word drama and it just made me think that i actually think the reason why we hear the word drama as much as we do is actually because producers cherry pick it so they just have a huge bucket of drama (laughs) like every like inflection intonation volume (laughs) pitch like a software that inserts dramas like where they fit nicely (laughs) I mean, I will say it didn't seem like they were shying away from using it in their clips. I, I, I usually agree with your Frank and Bite analysis, but I think you're giving them too much credit. I think they just say the word drama a lot. I mean, I intended upon it being a big word watch week. Yes. I mean, you're lucky I didn't do Vulnerable. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it would have been up all night. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, Jesse Palmer arrives and says that while last night was emotional, it showed how seriously Clayton is taking all of this. Ah. Mm. <sighs> Really? He covers all the bases. He's got the look. He's got the general stage presence. He's Mm. got the seriousness. What he doesn't have is that wink that Chris Harrison had. Chris Harrison had that wink. It was was very subtle and nuanced, Mm -hmm. but you knew he was a little bit in on the joke. Yeah. Jesse doesn't have that. He's always, it's like, this is very serious business. And not in a way where he's like, huh? Yeah. You know, what's funny is I actually think Caitlin and Taisha also had that wink. Oh, they had almost too much wink. <laughs> too much wink. Yeah. I actually think Caitlin and Taisha, there was a sort of twinkle in their eye. They're like, oh, you know, oh, a heavy you can twinkle. see how seriously he's taking this. Yeah, yeah. I was offended by how not seriously they were taking the <laughs> show. But Jesse went too far. Yeah, I do agree with you. I feel like Jesse's sincerity is almost too much. And while he might be in on the joke, his delivery is too subtle then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And going on this date are Serene, Susie, Eliza, Mara, Marlena, Hunter, Genevieve, and Jill. And Clayton takes them to a dark auditorium where Caitlin is waiting. She seems to be stealing Nick Vile's thunder with this date. (laughs) We made fun of uh, on Katie's date there was that uh what did we call it the aa meeting date oh yeah yeah which is not a diss on aa meetings oh my god it's just the setup it was in a round circle i mean it clearly was um in like trying to emulate an aa meeting obviously what else is that someone was offended when we compared it to that but okay it's support let's call it a support group okay for people with a common issue okay that might have to do with addiction <laughs> Possibly, but not necessarily. Yeah, which I'm sure works really well because those people voluntarily go to address and try to solve their addiction issues. Meanwhile, this just feels like forced trauma dumping. It feels like a, a trauma circle jerk. Yes, yeah. it is a trauma circle jerk. I hate these dates. I'm going like to go them. on the record and say it. 
it's bad enough to exploit people's trauma on the yeah. show, but of course they've been doing it forever. And oftentimes it endears you to the contestant. So, and the contestant does sign up for it. And in, at least in that case, they voluntarily are like, okay, at my evening portion of my one-on-one, like I do want to tell him about this trauma yeah. that I went through. But in this case, it, it, they're it, not even sure what they're signing up for. And then on the spot, it's like, what have you been through that made you feel terrible about yourself? This one was particularly bad. I mean, at least with the guys, it's kind of weird to see a bunch of guys sitting in a circle talking about their feelings. It's just kind of like at least sort of entertaining in a weird way, okay. a sick way. Okay, but this, but this is, wasn't, this was just not good. This is where, though, I cannot believe I'm saying this because I hated that date on Katie's season. I hated it too, but you know. But at least with Nick's date, it was like, what have you done? confess right right what have you done to hurt your partners what should we be on the lookout for blah 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 like that's a little more interesting to me actually even though it's also still yeah this was just talk about something that makes you sad tell us about all the times you've been bullied been made to feel ugly and yeah too skinny and not blue-eyed enough and everything it was horrible it was it was actually it felt like a public flogging Yes. It didn't feel like this felt like punishment almost. Yes. And I and and I honestly don't blame some of the contestants. No, it's not that they kind of backing out trying to like, you know, like, you know, they copped out some of them and I don't blame them. Yeah, because yeah. I would have been like, what the, I'm not doing it. I'll tell it myself. What is this? Yeah. I hate forced vulnerability. It's the worst. And they just love it. It's almost like they want to hear the word vulnerable be uttered. So they're like, let's create a situation where everyone is vulnerable well, against their will on the spot. This is the new theme. This is what The Bachelor is all about. It's just like whoever is the most vulnerable wins. They got to change. There's got to be there's got to be a change. I'm I hope I someone listens. I'm speaking to you, producers. Yeah, I'm speaking to you, Michael Fleiss. <laughs> Michael. Make this better. Yeah, I have to agree. This is tired. Oh, my God. Once I saw that room, the dark room, I was like, oh, at least in, you know, in past seasons, other than Katie's, one of these dates might have been a bit more like you have. It's a talent show. It's a spelling bee. You have to do a sort of funny thing in front of an audience that is kind of like kitschy and silly, but it's a little more lighthearted. This just feels so like you're you're jumping way too far ahead, especially considering I am sure that at least one person on this date will go home at the next rose ceremony. And that yeah. that's it. They that's it. their, their bit last, of airtime was yeah. talking about how they were bullied. That was their swan song on TV. Yeah. And it's it, messed up. It is messed and, up. And I think one of the reasons they're doing it is because they're not getting very real or good conversations out of the real dates because they're so contrived. It's all formula now. It's just like, okay, tell me something about you personally that like is going to make me have a serious face and make you cry and then wait three seconds and then let's kiss and then happy music. <laughs> wait three seconds. Yeah, it's like, that actually happened a few times later A few on. times. It was literally, that happened the same formula. Like, oh, let me tell you this thing about me that's going to make me vulnerable. Oh, serious face. Yes, that resonates with me. And kiss <laughs> and then happy <laughs> piano music and done. Okay, so Caitlin says she'll read a bunch of statements, and if they resonate, the lady should stand. And the only question we hear, by the way, is if there are parts of yourself you're not proud of, stand up. Everyone stands. It'd be, it'd be very funny if someone didn't stand up. I was really <laughs> hoping someone didn't stand up. Like, nope, all good here. <laughs> would have been amazing. So Genevieve seems to go first. We're shown her going first. She says, if a relationship wasn't right for me, I would kind of self-sabotage that. And while we kind of know what she means, the wording of this was hilariously wrong. It makes no sense. If the relationship is bad, you sabotage because that's the right thing to do. Yes, yes. 
It's yeah. like, hey, remember that uh, that restaurant, that really overpriced, uh, awful restaurant we had at last week where we both got the runs? Yeah. Yeah. I think we should self-sabotage and not go back there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we knew what she meant. We knew what she meant. Hunter says she had an ex who compared her to other girls a lot, and he pressured her to go to the gym to achieve a body that was not achievable for her. She got blue contacts and dyed her hair the color he liked and he eventually cheated on her we were really moved and yeah this was bad you know, by this like oh it was sad it was just it was like sad. she bared her soul and she didn't need to it was ridiculous no yeah she, it was ridiculous that she had to do this but i mean it really it's sick to think that relationships like this are out there i guess uh we get a montage now of traumas <laughs> serene reveals she's been bullied for being too skinny Eliza talks about the pressures placed upon women. Mm-hmm. Mara says she was bullied not only at school, but by her stepsisters at home. Marlena says she feels as a woman of color, she feels like she has to be 10 times better just to be seen or heard. And Clayton now says that he used to hate who he was and his body, and he stopped eating for a while because he'd compare his body to others, and he hated his stomach. Mm. I wrote, I do appreciate it when men can open up about body image issues, because we definitely don't get enough of that. But before the show gives itself too much credit for prompting and airing all of this, maybe first look in the mirror and consider the fact that they only cast basically one body type on this show at all. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the pressures that men and women and everyone feels about their bodies comes from what the media feeds us about what's beautiful. Right. And if you are a massive, one of basically the biggest reality show there is, one of them, Mm -hmm. and you're only casting people who are size double zero to size four... Maybe it's, you're maybe you're contributing to the to the trauma <laughs> that people experience, and then you are asking them to open up about it this on your is show. A, a very good point. Okay, and that's the date. That's it. Sounds fun, right? I like I like that there was like some people who didn't even get into the montage. Like they're they're whatever they said wasn't trauma enough. <laughs> it's like uh, your trauma doesn't make the cut. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's the evening now. Serene steals Clayton first for one-on-one time. She says she struggles to articulate her feelings sometimes because her family did not talk about emotions very much. He reveals his experience is much the same, and they bond over this and make out. Mm -hmm. Next. Susie has one-on-one time. She says she has also struggled with body image issues and didn't think that's something she could relate to a partner about, and so it's reassuring to know that they can bond over that. And they almost seem to nod at each other like, and they make out. It's it's time. <laughs> and we've connected enough. We can talk about bonding and connecting and... You earned it. Do you like my make-out sound? That was great. Sounds like you're eating cookies. The cookie monster. Yeah. It's very romantic. Okay, back at the mansion, Sarah gets the one-on-one date card. That's exciting. Yeah. The women are nice about it. They say they're happy for her while Shanae bitches in her ITM about how everyone is celebrating everyone. Oh, bastards. <laughs> and back on the date, Eliza has brief one-on-one time where she says she can tell Clayton's a genuine guy. And now we have a montage where Clayton talks about how influential the day was. And Marlena's <laughs> first and the highlight of this one-on-one time was Clayton saying, I just love like what I'm seeing out of you and I like think just keep being who you are and hopefully we can continue to have these conversations. I believe Yates said that once. <laughs> and now in the montage we have Genevieve and Mara and now Clayton returns to the group and gives the group date rose to Eliza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah. 
I don't think we were super surprised by this. Not super surprised, but I'm into it. I like Eliza. Yeah, I'm particularly into it because Eliza was my wild card. She was Just good. saying. Mm-hmm. We and then as we went into a commercial break, we saw, uh, are you the perfect match for our next Bachelor or Bachelorette? And Andy, you said excitedly, oh my God, is it over? <laughs> <laughs> I was a little excited. I was like, there are still two more dates, Andy. <laughs> You were so excited. You're like, oh, sweet. It's funny because my initial reaction was like, wow, that must have been a really good episode. You feel like it went by so quickly. And then I realized like, no, this is not a good episode. And I must be dreaming. Yeah. We were only about a third of the way through. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now Sarah has her one-on-one date. They meet up with Becca Kufrin, lovely Becca Kufrin. And she tells them that today is all about saying yes. And they'll be doing a scavenger hunt in downtown LA in their underwear. Because well, they're they're running out of ideas. (laughs) They're now jumping the shark every time. It's just like endless shark jumpings. What does that mean exactly? Well, I'll tell you. (laughs) It's funny you ask. But um, there was a show called Happy Days. Okay. That many people probably know about who are listening. But for those who don't, it was a show that took place in the 50s, a Mm -hmm. sitcom. Very popular. It was a a period piece, was it not? It was a period piece (laughs) in a period. Yeah. So it was from the 60s and 70s about the 50s. That's where the Fonz started. You know, the Fonz, again, these references are probably dying for a lot of people. But on Happy Days, the show was getting very tired and um, you, they clearly were like, we need something to like inject life into this franchise. So they had this whole episode, it may have been multiple episodes, about how the Fonz was going to water ski and jump over a, a great white shark. <laughs> Wait, is this for real? This is for real. And Are you making this up? This I'm sounds totally ridiculous. not making this up. This is where Jump the Shark came from. Oh my God. I thought Jump the Shark was just like yeah. an idiom. Well, it... No, it comes from happy days. And it was it was considered to be this. the most desperate attempt to to breathe life into something that was clearly dead in the history of at that time a young history of, yeah. of television, of mm-hmm. the sitcom particularly. So that's that's where it comes from. <laughs> and that's your history lesson for today, kids. <laughs> and now you know. Did you ever watch Bill Nye the Science Guy? A little, yeah. He used to have this segment called, Did You Know That? Now You Know. Oh, that's cute. I I know, yeah, Bill Nye. I should have watched more Bill Nye. I was watching a lot of G.I. Joe back in the day. He was a great American hero. (laughs) The reason I thought of G.I. Joe is that for whatever reason, at the end of G.I. Joe, they used to say, knowledge is power. (laughs) I'd be like, that wasn't the gist of what I just watched. Even as a seven-year-old, I'm pretty pretty sure about that. But look, they really drove home the point for you that knowledge is somehow power. today, a hundred years later. I still the only thing I remember, aside from the song, GI Joe, a great American hero. GI Joe is there. GI Joe. Anyway, um, <laughs> and knowledge is power. That's the worst melody I've ever heard. That's oh horrible. no, no. It sounds like no, you're no, making no. it up on the spot. It's a terrible melody, but. I just realized I misspoke. It's not knowledge is power. Uh-huh. It's knowing is half the battle because it was a battle. It was a war cartoon. <laughs> so knowing is half the battle. I remember that for the rest of my life. Okay. I mean, there's truth in that. Uh, and, and I'm telling you that, that, that helped me because I, <laughs> I really focused on knowing. 
And it was half the battle. So that was basically watching Bill Nye the Science Guy and learning things. Yes. Okay. So Sarah and Clayton run around downtown Los Angeles in black underwear now. They smash open pinatas with questions in them. For example, what's your go-to dance move? What's your biggest fear? This was reminiscent of Clayton's date on Michelle's season. Mm -hmm. And next they have to sing their feelings for each other. Clayton actually commits to the singing with the mic. I was actually impressed with his ability to not sing, but to commit. I got to be honest. I think Clayton was waiting for his opportunity to do a little singing. (laughs) And now we get our word watch number seven, because Mm -hmm. Sarah in her rap to him, which is not singing, by the way, I just have to put this out there. Yeah, you got to sing. Well, rapping, rapping is not unimpressive. The task was to sing their feelings for Or each rap other. like like your life depends on it. So in her rap, Sarah says, You already know yeah. I'm not about the drama. I just want to take you home to meet my mama. They share a toast on the roof of a downtown building. And he says he doesn't think he could have done this date with anybody else. And they make out. Okay. I think he could have done that date with a lot of other people. <laughs> Yeah, it look, I like Sarah fine, but I also feel like she was getting a lot of credit for doing something that no one else could have done. And I was like, yeah, yeah I couldn't possibly run around the city half naked with another one of the women on the show. I mean, they did put half of the women in Baywatch bathing suits later on in the same episode. Yeah. Is, am I focusing on the wrong thing here? No, they're trying in sort of palatable ways and today's day and age yeah, I know to you're slip say. in the swimsuit portion of the beauty pageant. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. This show has changed a lot. On yeah. Chris Souls' season, there was a bikini tractor date. Oh, yeah. You can't make this shit That's up. That's like one not short of bikini mud wrestling, which I believe they did do, actually. Probably, yeah. honestly. On Ben Flanick's season, I think it was in San Francisco, they had them ski. It was like the winter, and they had them ski down a, a road, like an icy road, in swimsuits, bikinis. <laughs> so, but you're right. It's like they're trying to get away from that. Or no, they're not trying to get away from that. They're trying to still do that, even yeah. though we are obviously no longer in a climate where you can really get away with that oh, as totally. much. And they're like, okay, well, we'll bring someone from Baywatch and put them in one pieces. Of course. Like, so it's modest. It's like, look how hilarious this is. All these women running around in the Baywatch swimsuit. Look how hilarious this is. <laughs> The only thing that they 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 resisted was the slow-mo shot of all of them. Are you kidding? They did do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I take that back. Apparently, I wasn't focusing There enough. was a... Oh. I wasn't because this is not... I'm married. I don't look at things <laughs> like that. I don't see them. It's just a black screen when something like that happens. <laughs> a yeah. giant black box. Yeah, it's just a black box. <laughs> You're yeah. just like... Yeah. <laughs> nothing is, happens. What happened? Is there a technical difficulty? <laughs> Okay, so back at the house, this is a great example of the heavy Frankenbiting. Uh, we have word watch number eight. Elizabeth says, I'm really hoping for this to be a day without any of the drama with Sinead. Hmm. Super Frankenbitten. That's why I think that, I do think that they just try to insert it wherever they can. Yeah, they have the Drominator 3000. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a bad joke, but I found it really <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's why I'm married to you. Or you're married to me. <laughs> Drominator. I get away with saying the Drominator 3000. I get a laugh. This is why we got married. <laughs> Win. Okay, now, so at the house, yeah. we have garlic butter shrimp gate. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just gone with shrimp gate, but it's all right. 
Okay, so Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth makes I don't know why I'm committed to the garlic butter part, but for me, I would eat garlic butter shrimp, but maybe not another prepared shrimp. So I, I agree. The best preparation for shrimp is garlic butter. Clearly, the so best really- way to say a gate is not garlic butter <laughs> shrimp gate. Though both of those are accurate. Okay, so Elizabeth makes garlic butter shrimp. Mm-hmm. Thus begins shrimp gate. Yeah. And invites people to have some. And Sinead comes along. And out of what she thinks is about 15 shrimp, she takes eight. Yeah. And this is this is exhibit A in the uh, the congressional testimony for garlic <laughs> butter shrimp gate. Sinead says sharing shrimp with her was the only nice thing Elizabeth has done in two weeks. So the shrimp is all gone. And it people is. are like, oh, where'd the shrimp go? And I think everyone knows that Sinead took all the shrimp. And no one's saying anything about it. They don't want to stir up drama. But now Sinead makes her own batch of shrimp, brings a large plate over to a big group of girls at the hot tub. Did she use garlic and butter, though? It didn't look like it. It didn't look like it was seasoned at all. You know, it looked like so that in the pan, it looked like there was butter and garlic. Really? But then on the plate, the shrimp didn't look like it had a lot of flavor. Uh, But then again, if you think about it, if you take a shrimp away from the garlic butter sauce that it's in and just look at it, a garlic butter shrimp, does it really look like garlicky and buttery no because those are just flavors i mean it's look, not really saucy I, I agree with you but not not to go full zapruder film on this but <laughs> i didn't see the yellowish brownish tint <laughs> that i would expect from a garlic butter shrimp on the plate she delivered <laughs> i think though you are relying on the fact that she would have had to brown the shrimp and the butter to get that that golden brown color all i'm saying is <laughs> is whether she knew she was doing it or it was subconscious she made those shrimp with hatred I wouldn't disagree with that, mm-hmm. or I don't disagree with that. I don't know why that's a <laughs> you wouldn't hypothetically disagree. On- <laughs> yeah, in a, in a date in the future, sometime if we were to discuss this again, <laughs> you might not disagree with me. Good to know. Oh, I'm getting giggly today. Mm. Okay, so she brings this plate over to the group at the hot tub, and then is angry when she doesn't feel that she is acknowledged enough for doing this. I mean, I have to be honest. If I brought a plate of shrimp to a bunch of girls sitting by a pool, I'd expect a lot of praise. Really? Yeah, I would. I, I, I That's the one piece of credit I give Sinead. Out of everything she's done, I agree that there should have been more effusiveness about the shrimp, okay. even, the, even if it was made with hatred. Uh, I don't agree with that because the girls were all engaged in like there was a lot of conversations going on. They were all talking to each other. It's not like they were all facing out and she approached with shrimp. Do you really need to get acknowledgement and praise for something that you didn't even ask for or necessarily want? Listen, I I agree. It's sort of a wash. Like she did a bad thing. Then she did kind of a good thing. So it's a wash. I agree. But But she did a good thing that wasn't asked of her. You got to lower the bar with Sinead. (laughs) This is the only thing we're going to get that she could get a thank you for. The person she was really focused on here was Elizabeth ironically, because Elizabeth has already told her that actually when there's a lot of conversation going on, that she really struggles to focus because of her ADHD, which she told her about in episode two. And so it's funny to me that the person that she's griping about is Elizabeth, who was engaged in conversation facing. This is true. Like she wasn't even facing. You're you're absolutely right. I don't want to get all Electra complex with with uh, Shanae, but I do feel like to some degree she's trying to please Kate. She wants to Kate to like her so badly for some reason. Do you reason. mean Elizabeth? <laughs> Whatever. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. Kate, Elizabeth, similar, you know, British origin. 
my point is, is that I believe strongly that deep down, Sinead needs the love of Kate. Oh, I Elizabeth. Agree. I agree with you. For whatever reason it is. I don't know. It's something weird and it's something psychological. It's something family oriented. This is a deep rooted problem. And she made that shrimp hoping that Elizabeth would turn around and be like, oh, thank you so much, Sinead, for this very unseasoned shrimp. But she didn't. And that made her so angry. I'm reminded a bit of my mother, who I love very dearly. And mommy watches these. So hi, mommy. Uh, yes, I call my mom mommy with pride. It's pretty cute. And, but I'm reminded of when I get in a fight with my mom, she has, she's not really good at apologizing. Mm-hmm. But what she will do is several hours later, like bring me like a dish or like a bowl of blueberries. It's sort of like her peace <laughs> offering. That's you've, so you, true. You've seen it happen. And now that you mention it, when she brings it to me, I have a choice in that moment to be like, I don't want that bowl of blueberries. Or I'm like, oh, thank you, mommy. And then it's clear what she's trying to do. Absolutely. It's a bowl of guilt. A delicious, (laughs) fresh bowl of guilt. So you think Sinead's plate of shrimp was a plate of guilt? That's correct. I want... Are you kidding? To give that to her? Do you think Shanae, out of the goodness of her heart, was like, I need to even the tables. I did a bad thing. I'm going to cook shrimp for everybody just selflessly. It's a selfless shrimp cooking. That was not a selfless shrimp cooking. So you think she was doing that as a peace offering to the group? Like, let me be part of the group. I'm doing this thing. No, no, no. For most normal people, it would have been a peace offering. For Shanae, it was a a, a bribe to get love from Elizabeth. And she didn't get it. And that made her even more angry because she sacrificed so much to cook that very poorly seasoned shrimp <laughs> and she got nothing. Oh, uh, what I can't get past with Sinead, let's say we're going to give her all the credit in the world, which is far too much credit, more than she deserves. But think that you're right, that this was some sort of a gesture. She still has not processed the one thing Elizabeth told her to explain why maybe she's not acknowledging her in these group, loud group settings. She still continues to hold it against her. And at the end of the same episode, mocks her ADHD again. I know, that was really rough. It was so awful. So while I I understand the point you're making, and there probably is a nugget of truth there that she did mean well in doing this, I still can't, uh, I can't get past how she continues to hold against Elizabeth the very thing that Elizabeth had a really valid reason for. For Look, doing, I, for behaving like. I, I can see it your way. I'm trying to give Sinead one kernel of credit in all of this. And it's a very tiny kernel. Yeah, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny kernel. But it's I, like a, a pipcorn kernel. It's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> People who don't know about pipcorn. I only know pipcorn from Shark it's, Tank. Yes, it's a very, very small. For those of you who are offended by a normal sized <laughs> piece of popcorn, <laughs> this is a much smaller piece. Today is very educational. Yeah. I still don't know how they do that. No, me neither. That's, a, that's an ungodly creation. <laughs> a, a, a kernel of corn was meant from the early days to be popped into a one inch wide piece of popcorn. In general, I think it's a little freaky how upset Sinead got about this. Like she just has a very strict set of rules for how people should acknowledge her, appreciate her, react to her, respond to her. Yeah. Considering she is so indelicate in her behaviors and responses. What does she herself. do to deserve anything? What is she giving? I want to know what is Sinead giving to the group that she deserves something in return? Poorly seasoned shrimp. Yeah. 
So now it's the evening of Sarah's one-on-one and over dinner at the Van Gogh exhibition. Sarah shares that she was adopted when she was born. She's Vietnamese, French, and Irish. And her biological parents were only 20 and when they had her and they were not ready to be parents. And her adoptive family is white. And so she grew up feeling different and ashamed about mm-hmm. being adopted. Yeah. And she felt like she was second choice. And she says that one of the best things she said yes to was coming there she says she feels seen by Clayton and feels no judgment from him. And she starts to cry and says he can always trust her. Mm. And she says he's already special to her. And he says he's thankful she's there helping him grow. And Andy, what? Is the kiss coming yet? Did she earn it? I actually didn't write down whether they make out or not. I'm sure they do. Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> I feel I mean, probably. I thought the kiss was next. I mean, she earned the kiss. What? But what were you doing? You were going to say and make and out and kiss. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm pretty sure they kissed. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, actually, they go to they had the string quartet part. They dance and kiss. There's no way they didn't kiss after that story. I call a kiss. <laughs> okay. Re- go to the videotape. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Clayton says that they became closer through today. And she was by his side and supportive through it. And he thanks her for that. And Andy, you said, come on, did you save a village from a fire? (laughs) (laughs) In general, you didn't understand the big deal about the day and her supporting him through that. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was a a big deal. I didn't think it was a big deal. They ran around in those (laughs) clothing. It was pretty blown out of proportion. I did like, uh, I liked Sarah, you know, I... I get that she was probably prompted to be vulnerable on yeah. cue in the evening portion of her date, but you know, it was neat to learn about her background and why she is the way she is. And yeah, Sarah's likable. She gets the rose. She seems sure. like a front runner. Yeah, she's fine. My takeaway from this, aside, uh, aside from, you know, the, the important issues we discussed is that imagine what Van Gogh is thinking in his grave right now. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The guy shot himself. He thought he was a complete failure. He never saw the single painting. Maybe, I don't know, one Wait, painting. Wait, he didn't in his lifetime? His whole life. And his brother Theo was an art dealer. He never sold a painting. Are you serious? He, was, he died penniless, miserable, and one-eared. Shot himself in a field. There's a painting he painted of the, the, the field where he shot himself. All I'm saying is that this man, this poor man, if he could just wake up for one second, I would give all my wealth to this person who can make people wake up from the dead. Yeah. To, to, to see Van Gogh just walk into this room. That's how I feel about this Schubert. This installation, this magnificent, not only there, but in like 80 cities worldwide. Mm-hmm. And a, the biggest, well, not anymore, but one of the biggest shows on TV, having <laughs> a date inside of his giant art house installation. Yeah. What would he think? What would Van Gogh think? It's a little tragic, isn't it's it? It's horrifying. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that Van Gogh knows that this is happening? Please tell me there's a chance. I want to believe in devoutly. Heaven. You want to believe in heaven, yeah. That there's a chance that he can see this. Yeah. We'll, we'll choose to believe that. I'm going to believe it. Okay. And speaking of which, actually, has anyone been to this exhibition and should we go? Yeah. That's a serious question. We're on the fence. Sorry. Yeah. You guys tell us. Tell yeah. us what we should do. Okay. So back at the house now, anticipating the group date card, Lindsay in her voiceover says, Hoping and praying that we can do something fun and there will be no drama. Going on this date are Gabby, Rachel, Kira, Melina, Lindsay, Sierra, Teddy, Elizabeth, and Shanae. Of course, Shanae is called last again mm. after Elizabeth. Mm. <laughs> so now group date number two, the ladies meet him at the beach and they're playing football on said beach when Baywatch's Nicole Eggert rides up. 
I remember Nikolai Iker. I believe it's possible, but not super likely that I had a poster of Nicole Eggert in my room as oh, a teenager. Really? No, it was Samantha Fox. <laughs> yeah, it was Samantha is Fox. It the, is Samantha Fox the third one? No, she's not on Baywatch. <laughs> Some whatever. <laughs> Naughty girls need love too. Ooh, 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 ooh. And then it goes to the, <laughs> the verse. No? I had Jonathan Taylor Thomas on my wall. Really? Who is that? You don't know who Jonathan Taylor Thomas is, for real? The name sounds familiar. I'm not great with names where the first name, the middle name and the last name could all be first names. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been good with that. Anyone who has two first names, I never remember their name. Let alone three. Yeah, three. Three is, forget about it. Okay, so the women have a huge reaction to Nicole Eggert. But Andy, you insisted that none of these women likely knew who Nicole Eggert was. Um, Despite their big reactions. I'm like, I'd say 80, minimum 80% had no idea. (laughs) They had big reactions nonetheless. And Nicole tells the women that they'll be doing a lifeguard training program. So, of course, they all go change into those Baywatch one pieces. As a joke. As a joke. Total joke. Just for laughs. Yeah, not to objectify them at all. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hilarious. (laughs) And now they run out all Mm slow-mo-like. Also hilarious. (laughs) I was dying. <laughs> Are you dead? Are you I, I, dead yes, from how hilarious a, this there was? There was a skull emoji next to me <laughs> during that scene. Uh, okay, and now for their tasks mm-hmm. in their lifeguard training course, they have to apply sunscreen. Although it seems like someone forgot sunscreen on Clayton's arms. Well, Can we talk about this? Like, why is there not some PA who's like on sunscreen duty for Clayton? Yeah. The guy looks like an animal. He can't look it's after It's like the himself. worst farmer's tan I've ever seen. Is it still a farmer tan or is that just a tank top tan? I mean, it's a farmer who decided to wear a shirt that, that you know, most farmers don't wear, but it's still a man he had been farming <laughs> and, and he did not wear sunscreen. They do CPR on a dummy now mm-hmm. while being kind of sexual about it. And then they do their slow-mo walks and runs one at a time. Mm-hmm. Sinead does hers and then straddles Clayton and makes out with him while all the women awkwardly try not to watch. Yeah. Was that, you think that was cut to make it seem like it went on forever or was yes. that like a long? I think that she did it and it was awkward and weird and they were like, uh, right. but, but I also. like five seconds. Yeah. I yeah. think they most likely extended it. Yeah. They had different angles. It was like, showing. The, it was like those action movies where there's like the end of the movie explosion and they have like 19 different camera angles of the same. Yeah. Explosion. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we got two tanks of gasoline and that's it. That's all the budget going for. We better get the most out of this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not that I'm defending Shanae, but yeah, I do question whether or not this actually went on for like yeah. an entire Me two minutes or whatever. That, feeling. that said, do I think her social awareness would prevent her from doing that? I'm not sure. I think she did it. She does everything on purpose to cause trouble. She likes to make people feel bad because she feels wronged incorrectly. <laughs> She's got a lot of problems. <laughs> okay. Nicole Eggert names Gabby the winner of the state. Right. Which I appreciated. Yeah, she's cute. Well, I was worried that it was going to go to Shanae or something. Yeah, which Gabby was funny. She's, has she's, happened. Yeah, Yo, she, I love Gabby. Yeah, Are you I like kidding Gabby me? Too. Gabby's the best. Yeah, she gets points. And now in the evening, we have Word Watch 10. Sierra says, I'm hoping that this after party will be extremely drama free. So Rachel has one on one time first. She says she feels their connection is different from the others. And he says, Yes, that's correct. 
He looks her in the eye as he says this. There was something very knowing about them. Mm, uh, he I validates agree. her feelings in general, which is what she was looking for. And Andy, you were really eyeing the high thigh action as they made out. Yeah, I almost expected that to be black box material. <laughs> it was a little too high. I think there's a, there's a, there's like a, a, a Maginot line. I thought that that went high enough to reach what I believe is ABC's black box line. It was very close. One, See, not one more inch black box. That's why, okay, little things like this are why I don't think Clayton is as purity seeking as he seems like he's not I, afraid to go high on the thigh i agree and i would like to also add that i think that if you know you're on tv and you know you're trying to you know make an impression yeah for the families out there uh-huh. um and you know your family is watching i think a high thigh move with the hands shows that you're committed that, that's a risk <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Actually, you don't make out with a high thigh grab action and then send that girl home at that rose ceremony. I've never made out with a girl with a high thigh hand move that I didn't want to have very quick sex with for love or passion one way or another. The higher my hand okay, goes. No, I don't know why you're making it sound like that's a factor here. Like you probably would want to have sex with someone no matter what. No, I, no, no not- that's not true. What do you, what do you think? I'm an animal. <laughs> I'm saying if my hand... You're a dude. Um, no, I, that's not. That's a mis, mischaracterization. There can be a totally... A makeout where in the middle of the makeout, I'm like, eh, I, I think I, I will refrain from uh, pursuing uh, intimacy with this person. Oh, really? Absolutely. I'm not a savage. Well, I'm I not mean- like a monkey. I, I'm telling <laughs> you that if my hand goes up the thigh, that means I'm, I'm, I, want, I want something. And I think that's what Clayton wants. I think this is, this is one of those clues... That's a clue. He likes Rachel. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rachel's been in my number one spot, so you don't need to tell me. All I'm saying is that I feel like a guy doesn't need to have to put his hand on a high thigh to indicate that he wants to have sex with her. I feel like most guys are going to take sex when it's given to them. That's not the point. The point is, how much do you want that sex? Yes. <laughs> yes. Granted, most guys, if someone walks up in the street and be like, hey, listen, I got 15 minutes. You want to have sex? They're like, oh, yeah, sure. But the high thigh move, that means you want it more than usual (laughs) okay okay so now gabby has one-on-one time they talk about her goofiness and she pulls out aloe for his burn and rubs Mm. it all over him and there is more high thigh grabbage here so apparently he also sees something with gabby according to your logic but not as high i was i was (laughs) marking the 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 level the 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 water line on on rachel was was about Three, yeah, so three, four inches higher than I got. You were keenly observing the upper thigh area. I know what's important. (laughs) Okay, Clayton says now, tonight's off to a great start, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Andy, you died laughing over this. (laughs) I've never seen Andy laugh so hard. You thought this was hysterical. I mean, yeah, the honest truth, I was actually hoping there'd be a big chlamydia outbreak, but you know, (laughs) you can't get everything. Also, cue things going downhill because we can't have someone saying things are going well without it then going horribly right of course that doesn't happen right there has to be some sound bite of things are going to be perfect forever from now on i wrote can the editors please get a new playbook i'm so over this it's like yep. things are going well don't don't and then shanae it's so tired yep it is tired there's foreshadowing here as the women discuss hoping that shit doesn't hit the fan like it did at the last group day oh you mean shanae. shirts and pants don't hit the fan because <laughs> you know what happens when that happens <laughs> The fan stopped spinning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
they establish that the person to look out for here is Shanae, and now cue Shanae's one-on-one time. Shanae promptly tells Clayton that she feels bullied by Elizabeth and claims that the women will talk to her if Elizabeth is not there, but they will not talk to her if Elizabeth is there. And Shanae works herself up to, into a frenzy here, starts crying. She says she's not a shit person. She's not a liar. She's not dramatic. <laughs> He says he doesn't want to take away from their relationship and they make out. <laughs> He's like, all right, let's, uh, let's get, let's make with the kissing. Enough of that bullshit. Shanae in her ITM. You know, I honestly feel like at this point in the show, like you could say anything. You could just be like clowns, meatballs, potato chips, poop. Okay. Let's make out. That's enough for me. <laughs> like what the hell? It's so dumb. It's so true. Uh, the favorite, the best one was at that first group date where where Susie was like, "Oh, I feel like we can bond over that." He was like, "Yeah," and they were both like, "Yep, it's time." Okay, so Shanae and her ITM now. This is very Courtney Robertson. What comes next? I know you don't know who Courtney Robertson is, and that is a tragedy. And I should just force by you- the sound of her name, I know what's coming next is Courtney Robinson. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. Courtney Robertson is, I don't think arguably, she is the best villain of all time. She was from Ben Flanick's season, mm. which is ages ago. I heard a lot about Ben Flanick. You must have really liked that season. It was a fantastic season because of Courtney Robertson. She was the star of that season. It, it was the most compelling edge of your seat season. And great where, women. Where um, is Courtney Robinson now? She, I think, is married and has and has is a mother. We should have them on as a love fest. We should have them on as a love fest. Why would we not think of that? You know what? I think I have thought of this and it just hasn't happened yet. But yes. Yeah. Really good call. Yeah. Oh, you know, I've met Courtney Robertson and she was a lovely person. So Shanae in her ITM says, I was good. Mm. Like, I was good. Holy shit, I was good. Mm. And I didn't need to cry, but I cried. And she laughs. Basically, she is playing to the fourth wall here and being like, I was acting. Yeah. I was doing what I needed to do. There's a lot of problems I have with Shanae. If you admit that you fake cried, it's one thing. But is she also admitting to acting about being so offended by Elizabeth bullying her? Is that also an act? No, you're making a good point. Which one is it? Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, she can talk all she wants about acting fake crying. I'm sure that's been done a million times on the show. But what about acting like a complete maniac? I think she's a bit confused. I, I agree. I know what you're what you mean about this, because at least with Courtney Robertson, not to bring it back to Courtney Robertson again, but Courtney Robertson legitimately really liked Ben Flanick. That's what made her so powerful is that they really liked each other. Hmm. I think, just as, as an aside, I think this franchise should take a page out of F-Boy Island's book. Uh-huh. And at the end of the show, I think people who were villains should confess whether or not they were really that way or they were acting. It's funny you say that because F-Boy Island is created by Alan Gale. Mm. who was yes. executive producer of The Bachelor. Yeah. And we've all seen this franchise go drastically downhill since he left. They, the biggest mistake they ever made was letting him leave. Yep. And look, he took his great ideas over to HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> the Max of HBO. <laughs> okay, so now Elizabeth gets her one-on-one time. Clayton tells her that he's heard Shanae's mental health is wavering because of Elizabeth. Elizabeth now, oh my, I feel so bad for her. She starts out strong here. I mean, like, like emotionally strong, trying to defend herself. And she says she feels she can't even talk to Clayton now because she's constantly being questioned. And then she starts to cry. And I felt so bad for her 
because he doesn't seem to really comfort her that much. Like you can tell he's not really sure who to believe, but he has more chemistry with Shanae because she makes moves on him so strongly. I, I think that Clayton's really not reading the tea leaves here. No. Like he should know who the bad guy and the good guy is here. It, do you think he can't read it or is he just like, oh, I like making out with Shanae? Period. It could be both. He says that it would be nice if she and Shanae could hash things out. He's he putting it on her. Yes. He said he would appreciate it, which makes me feel so bad for her because what more can she do? She's not the one instigating it or making it his problem. <sighs> look, I actually don't mind this on the whole. Like, I don't mind it when Elite is like, look, you guys sort out your shit. Don't come to me. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Like pulling a Hannah Brown, basically, and sure, being like, sure, stay in your yeah, lane. Yeah. However, it feels like he's letting Shanae come to him. Like, I would like him to do that to Shanae. I agree. And be like, you, you totally go sort agree. out your problems, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and also he's telling her to sort out her problems with a girl who literally ripped on her publicly about her ADHD. Yeah, but he doesn't know about that. Uh, mm. Good point. So now Elizabeth returns to vent to the women and their reactions say it all. They are mm. all clearly team Elizabeth. And once again, I have to repeat, where there's smoke, there's fire. Simply, yes. it, that that's all we need well, to know. Well, those are the tea leaves I'm talking about. Yeah, yes. Clayton should be reading that. Yes. And now Lindsay arrives upset because it turns out that her... Her one-on-one time was also about the fact that she supposedly <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> The plot thickens, or does it? It's just already thick. Like, she's terrible. It's already thick. It's as thick as <laughs> yeah, it's going to get. Thick. Shanae is not good. Shanae arrives now and Sierra confronts her. I couldn't even be bothered to take notes of this. This conversation or this big confrontation with the whole group goes exactly as one would expect. With no progress or conclusions being come to or made. And Sinead doesn't take any responsibility and she blames everyone else and she's the victim and it's just maddening from beginning to end. Okay, so Clayton returns and gives the rose to Gabby. So this is really Gabby's date. Yeah. She, she gets the prize Dark during the course. day. She gets yeah. the rose at night. And afterwards, he says he needs to address what's been going on the, in the house and he'll address it tomorrow. And he gets up and leaves. <sighs> so I predict, and we'll see if I'm right about this, that there will be one of those bullshit like two-on-ones before the rose ceremony cocktail party mm -hmm. where they'll be summoned and then he'll yep. sit down with them and then one of them will stay one of them will go who will it be that That's kind right. of thing yep. just because i think so far in these three episodes the production or the powers that be have proven that they are playing from the exact same playbook that they have been using for the last couple of years the same tired tired playbook yeah. And so I just think that's probably what's going to happen. But maybe I, I'll be wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong about that. I, I do, too. But I agree. You're right. You're going to be right. <laughs> and now Shanae and her ITM says she's not going to make me lose because of her lying ADHD ass. Mm. Oh, Shanae, Shanae. You generally don't want to when you're calling someone a bad name, you don't want to mix ADHD and lying together. That's not a good combo. She just cannot keep ADHD out of her mouth. It's really horrifying like how she mocks it. She disparages it. She doesn't take it seriously, but she yet she uses it against her constantly when talking about her. It's really, really lack of awareness. Uh, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. It's just crazy to me that she's the one complaining about being bullied. It's very the lady doth protest too much methinks. Mm -hmm. All right, Andy, that brings us to the end of episode three. Wow, that was it? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not too painful? No. Okay, so we had a total of 10 dramas. Oof, sorry about that. I, I, as, again, I could have chosen vulnerable. <laughs> so I let you off the hook. How many correct guesses were there, Andy? 
Seven. Seven. That's a, almost seven. a record low. Yes. Congratulations to Jordan Chaffiot. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Congratulations. You are the happy winner of a Hello Tushy Bidet. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. And so be sure to email us by this Friday at midnight to claim your prize. And we will get that out in the mail to you. And Andy, do you have a word for next week's Word Watch episode four? Yes, I'm sorry to do this to you. Oh, no. But we are bringing back an all-time favorite, uh, Vulnerable. Uh, You'll be all right. Will I? Yeah, I have a feeling they got it all out. Out of their system? They got it all out of their well, system. Well, they did have their vulnerable date. That was it. Yeah. I, th- I actually think, and I don't want to give away any of my secrets, but I think it's going to be a light vulnerable episode. We'll doing see. you a favor. <laughs> Okay, so if you would like to play the Shandy Bird Watch game and potentially win a... Hello, Tushy Bidet! <laughs> then you can enter by guessing the number of times you think the word vulnerable will be uttered in episode four. And you can do this by using the numeral of the number of times you think it will be said. That's So you won't write out six, you will put the number six. And you will do that either below this YouTube video or over on the Instagram post for this recap. Nowhere else. Do not email us. Do not DM us. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, someone still emailed us last week. Yeah. Do uh, not email us. You just won't be entered. You don't want to do that. No. I got a LinkedIn message the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. <laughs> and you must do so by this Friday at midnight. No exceptions. And if you guess correctly, you will be entered in a pile. Your name will be entered. And then we will randomly select one of those names and that person will win a Hello Tushy bidet. Yay. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I... No, this is Jordan Chaff... Chaff... Oh, Chaff... Chaffiot. Chaffiot. Or Chaffiotte. <laughs> Let's do all the pronunciations so that one of them will work. Ready? Okay. Chaffiot. Go. Chaffiot. Chaffiotte. Chaffiotte. <laughs> Chaffiotte. I think I've run out. That's yeah, me good. Too. We, we did good. it. We Thank did you. it. Okay. Well done. Good job. Okay. So word vulnerable for next week. And then moving on, Andy, to our predictions. Yes. I still have Susie in my number one spot. Okay. Susie in your number one spot. No changes there. I still have Rachel in my number one spot mm-hmm. based on how that edit is going. High hand. High hand. Oh, that, it actually has little to do with the high hand. That's but I'm just though. saying it's reinforcing. I'm starting to feel the heat on ah, Rachel. Okay. Yeah, I just still think, Rachel, it's typical that you get this sort of under-the-radar edit in the first half, and then she'll get a one-on-one date that will sort of shoot her to the top. Uh, who do you have in your second spot, Andy? Teddy. Same. We still have Teddy in our second spot, even though she had little to no airtime. I'm not going to fall for that. Yeah. It's a ruse. It is a ruse. Okay. And who do you have in your third spot, Andy? Rachel. Ooh, Rachel got bumped up for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, uh, the high the thigh, high thigh is, got you. is very valuable. Okay. I still have Susie in my third spot. I know that still sounds crazy, oh. but I still think she's going to be bachelorette. Wild. And wild. many Shandies agree with me. I just have to point out. And who do you have in your fourth spot? Genevieve. Has been removed. Oh. And has been replaced by Eliza. Okay. Eliza. I mean, yeah, she got that that group date rose. It's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. I do think she'll get a one-on-one date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I support that. Thank you. Okay. And in my fourth spot, I have Gabby still. Mm. My top four has stayed the same Impressive. for a while. Yeah. Well, since last week anyway. For a while. <laughs> since, the, since the early days <laughs> of season twenty. If you're going to make fun of me, you at least better get the season right. Six. Six. Good job. 
That's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. I think that brings us to the end of this recap, Andy. Mm-hmm. Pretty painful or less? I'm, I'm a... See, my bar has been lowered tremendously, so these don't hit me as hard as they used to. <laughs> so, yeah, it was not great. I'd like to see better, but eh, whatever. Yeah. Actually, I had more fun recapping it than watching it. Thanks to you. Aww. Aww. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to... Tell your friends. Okay. Uh, leave us Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcast ratings and reviews. Tell your friends. <laughs> Like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell, and... Tell your enemies. <laughs> mm, what else is there? I guess do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. And that's it for this recap, Andy. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.